The Dad University podcast helps fathers learn what they're not taught in school. We offer dads advice on parenting, relationships, and family life. We may not have all the answers, but we're certainly going to have fun trying. And we are back. We are back. I'm Jason Kreidman. I'm Alan Bush. And this is the Dad University podcast, episode 217. Yeah. Alan, how are you this evening? Good, good. Yeah? It still catches me off guard when you say the Dad University podcast. I know. I'm so used to hearing Deuce of Dads. I know. We'll get used to it. Yeah, but yeah. 200 episodes. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 like the the other day when we were uh, we recorded and I like forgot the intro and I'm like, we've done 200 episodes. You'd think I remember so it. And now yeah. we just switched it again. I know. I know. So funny. Uh, this episode, uh, how our standards shape who we are and what we achieve. That's interesting. It is interesting. And it's I'll tell you, kind of and not, I'm not bragging about myself saying, yes, I came up with an interesting topic. <laughs> um, I was listening this morning. <laughs> I was listening to a Tony Robbins clip. Yeah. And he was talking about the number one way to change your life is to raise your standards. Yes. And I, I it just was weird because I was like, this is just awesome. Like it's, and he was saying like, it's such a simple thing. You know, people pay me all this money and you come to the seminar and I'm just telling you, Hey, raise your standards, you know, <laughs> like the bar. High. Yeah. And, but it was really, really interesting because it, 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 I started reflecting on it of for myself and I start looking at my, my, the success that I've had mm-hmm. or the things in my life that are going well are often because I have set standards at a certain level. Sure. And that's what was interesting because what he was talking about, that if you want to create lasting change, you have to change your standards. Yeah. And it was a very interesting concept. And so, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things in life that we want, like we want to do stuff. But we don't get what we want. We get what we have to have. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a it's not a want. Like it's there's you make the decision like I have to have this. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to change your standard. Yes. You have to change what is okay or what is acceptable or you know, and that could be. I mean, there's so many things, but um, yeah, it's a what he was talking about, I'm trying to like, you know, as I'm thinking about it, he was talking about, we get what we tolerate, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a huge difference in the people in people's standards. I mean, that's why some people are successful and some people are not, right. you know, you can be given just a ton of talent, but if your standards aren't very high, mm-hmm. You are not going to do anything with that talent. Sure. And that's that's part of the problem. Yeah. You know, it could be losing weight, how you spend your time with your kids, you know, whatever. It's we should a lot and we want a lot, but until we have to have something, yeah, we don't do it. Yeah. And so what he was talking about specifically was that when your shoulds become a must. Yes that's when your life changes or Absolutely. that's when what the behavior changes or that's when whatever changes. And so um, it change will not necessarily, I mean, it can occur, but it's not going to be as definite 
unless you do that. Right. So some examples, you know, and you might have an example in your life, but like, let's say your job. So if you're not in the right job, it's because one, you haven't set a high enough standard for yourself or, or the right standard. Sure. I shouldn't yeah. say, I mean, yeah. just not because you're not in the, like, um, it's not a, because your job's not like, uh, as, uh, fulfilling say, or, yeah, or whatever, but it, it, it's that it's not a must for you. Sure. You haven't like, you haven't hit rock bottom, you know? Yeah. And it's like when you are determined and it's, you know, people who have become very, very successful and whether it's an entertainment or business, it is an absolute must that they are going to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to people who are, you know, especially in entertainment, they knew they were going to be successful. Now, granted, there are people who quote knew they were going to be successful and they just aren't because there's other factors that are involved. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. But you're not going to get there unless you, it is a must for you. Sure. You have to have that must. Yeah. And, and also what you define as success could be different too. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. You know, so another thing is like your income, it's just not a must. Mm-hmm. You know, you are tolerant of what it is that you're making or that you, you think you need more. Yeah. But it's not a must. Right. And so you have not changed your standards. If your standard is that you need to make a certain amount of money, then you'll make a certain amount of money and you'll do whatever you need to do to make that money. Sure. You know, and you say, oh, well, you know what? My job is not giving me that income. I might need to get a new job or I need to hustle on a side gig or, yeah. I, you know, like that's what I mean. And so when you define it in the, in the aspect of like these standards of what your standard is, mm-hmm. that's where things start to change. Right. Um, your health. This is a big one. Yeah. For, for, for people, it's just not a must, you know, you have to, um, you have to have a must in your life. And that's where I started thinking about it for myself, where as an example of working out and like, it's not even a question for me. Mm -hmm. It is a standard within my life that I will exercise and, and daily and like, that's just, that's just the way it is. Right. Like there's not. There's no question for me. Okay. You know? And so, and that's, that's why I do it every day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a must. Sure. Um, I can even talk of, uh, my recordings, like my video recordings. Okay. That I do. Yep. A lot of people start off and they record and they drop off mm-hmm. because they don't see success or they don't do whatever. Yeah. For me, it became a standard as part of my week. And it was a must that I knew I had to record every single week. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I'm not going to get to where I need to get to. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a must. And so I do whatever I need to do. And I rearrange my schedule, whatever it's like, it's, it's like my exercise, whatever, like it's not even a question that I'm, whether I'm going to record or not. Sure. It is a standard as part of it. So that's, I just started thinking about that as he was putting it in a perspective. And so yeah. I was posing, maybe pose the question to you. Can you recall any instances where the need or such has changed into a must for you? And then it became, became something that you've done. That's literally like the blueprint of my life. I mean, <laughs> I'm a completely different person than I was when I was younger and, and in school or before school. And I will say, was I, there a trigger though? Well, yeah, and I guess we should, I'd like to open this up as a conversation. Cause you mentioned two things. You mentioned the job mm-hmm. and you mentioned health. And these are two things I can point and pinpoint. I know when it happened almost to the T or what I made the decision to do. 
and um and, and some of it social life as well mm-hmm. so part of this let's just start as like a kid and i'm shy and reserved and i was relatively fit but i didn't do a lot of sports and activity but i decided to run track because i how it happened is that I was in a I was like my freshman year I was a little, still little kind of and I was in a football you know flag football but it was like a, you know not really flag right. football everybody's tackling each other with a bunch of bigger kids and I didn't want to get tackled so I ran one direction and then I like completely switched gears and just took off and they couldn't catch me and people and I apparently discovered you I was realize fast. you're fast yeah. yeah so I was like well I could do track so then that led me to doing at least I won't get hit. Yeah, I won't get hit. I'm not going to get tackled. And I apparently I can run kind of fast. I'm all right. So then I did that. And that led me to also taking care of my health. Part of it was vanity because I want to look good. And I realized that if I look good, I'll get more attention from right. the opposite sex or whatever gender, whatever. And I started using that as a way to gain my confidence again. Mm-hmm. So that was pivoting to help. But I will say it wasn't to sake for being healthy. My 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 health was kind of more related to vanity. Well, sure, but it became something that you knew it became a must. It became a must. I, could, I have to. Do I this. have to do this. Right. It and doesn't it, matter why. It didn't matter why. Everyone's so got their at own. At that why. point, I mean, now it is obviously more related to health, but like, um, but then it's still part of vanity as well. And then um, the other part of it, like when we're talking about jobs, I've had several jobs before. I'm doing what I'm doing now, but. Like you said, when it became a must, I remember moving to San Diego was context of a job that I had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm tired of doing this work. It was fine. I was a financial analyst. For, yeah. I don't know how I ended up there. I could go into details of like how I landed certain <laughs> jobs and where I was. But I used to be a bartender. I used to do these things. And I used to, you know, executive assistant, office, all this office stuff. Got tired of it. And I'm like, I'm just tired of this. And I'm tired of living, like doing all this work I'm, I'm really bored with and not making good money. Right. So the must became I was some of the happy. You knew you wanted, you had to make more money. I, and eventually just moved right to San Diego. Now, granted my position changed. It wasn't the career I wanted, but it got me out of there. And then that turned into the must when I wasn't making the money I wanted to make. Cause I was stuck and I'm just, I'm just tired of this, this commission only thing, but it gave me confidence to then go out there and be like, it's a must. Now I have to get something else. Right. And that's what landed me doing SEO. Now, flash forward, I'm teaching a course in it. Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. And that, again, speaking, speak, doing all doing speaking yeah. engagements, being right. on panels. How the heck did I go from being this shy kid? You know, is right. because all my musts became musts. Like right. I literally had to. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I have to get out of this situation that I don't want to be in anymore. Right. Well, dr- that dramatic. But literally each time I went, I put my foot down and said, stop being who you were and start being becoming who you want to be. Right. And then that's became the must for me. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, you know, we, we probably, we have standards in all different aspects of our lives, you know, um, like, you know, we've talked about it's, it's our income or our our professional life. It's the same thing with our personal lives. And we have certain standards is that Mm -hmm. that's a term that would be used when you're dating. It's like, well, I have certain standards for the person that I need to be with, um, you know, good or bad. That's what we do. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And the other thing too is we set standards for our environment, um, essentially who is around us, mm-hmm. and the people that you surround yourself with too are part of your standards, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting thing too because I think it's all encompassing. Where whether it's your friends or your coworkers that you might hang out with, like mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you don't choose your coworkers sure. in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it totally has an effect on how we are and who we are. And of course yeah. they, you know, of course they say, you know, you know, show me somebody's friends and I'll show you who they are. Yeah. You know, the five closest people around you. Well, 
that's something that you also have to look at is what are the what is the what are the standards of the people around me? Right. So it's not just your own standards, but what are the the standards of the people around me? And is that what I want? Right. You know, and yeah. so and, and that's an important thing. I, I I think about it for kids and maybe, you know, teenagers and or younger of the standard that they have for themselves mm. is so crucial. Yeah. Because that determines the type of other people that they will be around. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, if I look back, the standard that I had for myself when I was younger was high. Mm-hmm. And whether that was because my parents had high standard, you know, I don't know how that's translated and what that means. Yeah. But in that sense, it's like that's sort of what kept me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, and the people that I was around weren't getting in trouble right. either. Yeah. Because I wanted yeah. to be around the people that were, you know, good at students. Yep. They were nice to people. Yeah. They're, you know, that kind of thing. And so, and I remember that vividly. I mean, my best friends till this day are good people. You know, they were, yeah. they were friendly. They treated people well. Yeah. They, you know, and, and that was like, I think about that. But I'm not sure why I, I chose that other than maybe because I had that standard for myself. Yeah. The, you you know? wanted to be around people that are like that and to, to reflect that on you. So and how then, do we do that for our kids is the question. Well, that's the tough part. I mean, I think well, and I think to, for the most part, you, you kind of develop it by virtue of who you're brought up with. Like you said, your family mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, help. Hopefully. But I guess the scary part is if your parents have too high of standards. Okay. That feels like it could be detrimental. Because yeah. there's pressure. Well, yeah. And there's anxiety and those kind of like, I'll never live up to that. I mean, that's sure. the other part. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where this line is. Well, there's is. that balance. And again, we've talked about that in even the previous episodes where we said, hey, you know, um, you know, there's a fine line between, you know, all the high expectations you put on your kids and letting them kind of fail on their own. Right. And, um, and you know, you can encourage. And, and I think that's the thing is that you become encouraging, encouraging of those. You want good them behaviors. to have the good standard for themselves exactly. versus you. Well, and then so the rewards are intrinsic. And the intrinsic rewards you kids get with like you kind of you're coaching people on how to do this. And again, check previous episodes. And um, but what it, what it does is I've done. I did. I think I, I've said this probably <laughs> 200 times. So uh, if you if you intrinsically give you know, the value to those kids and the kids have an intrinsic nature to say, hey, I feel good when I make people feel good. Right. They're going to seek that for themselves because nothing is altruistic. Nothing. Right. You get some benefit out yeah. of doing it. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. If you say you're altruistic, come talk to me. I'm going to tell you otherwise because you have an. No, the thing. gurus even. I mean, that's that's why they do it. They feel good about it's helping enlightened people. egoism. Yeah. That's a, that's as good as you're going to get. That's a good word. And so fine. Like that's what this is. Accept that for well, we can make it one. <laughs> so uh, you know, make sure that you understand that you know if it makes you feel good, it's great that you feel good by doing good to other, helping other people. So hopefully that you're going to do try to find the same for you, someone that's like you, like minded, like you want to hang out with your your kind, your birds of a feather, yeah. you know. And so if your if your feathers are this you know type of people, then you want your people that are around you that have a similar type of feather, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a very interesting concept. It's very simple. Yet I hadn't really looked at it like that and used that terminology of, you know, the word standard and what my standard was. And so when I was listening to that, it just sort of clicked of like, wow, like that makes a lot of sense of why things are the way that they are and how and especially that I make things a must. Now, I will say that I have made 
many things a must that I probably could back off. Right. And make them not so much a must. Yes. Um, that may be like responding to client that quickly. You sure, know, or, sure, yeah. Or feeling like I have to get stuff done early or, you know, all these things yeah. that you become. And those are behaviors. It's, it's not like who you are. It's more like what you do in the light of who you are. And so I think that that's the thing is like, like you said, standards are like, yeah, yeah, you hold yourself up to your standard. I wish there was almost a different word for it because like you do hold yourself up to certain standards. Like you want to be responsive. You want to be timely. You want to be efficient and stuff like that. But, but I also for- can say these forgiving. those have caused anxiety. So that's why you become forgiving. So right. now your must has to be, let me forgive give myself for not meeting these criteria that I had set early on about yeah, you can't the behaviors. Up Correct. It's behaviors. And so, so, and that's the difference is that we have a lot of behaviors that we do that we say are our standards, but which one uh, is it standards or is it the behaviors that you use to exemplify those standards? So you're saying, I want to be efficient and hardworking and dedicated. You are all those things. You should be very proud of yourself. That being said, you're also very hard on yourself and you have this thing and by virtue of the things that you're doing, right. not by virtue of who you are. Yeah, yeah. So I think that this, those items that you're taking and doing um, can mod- be modified right. and say, okay, well, uh, yeah, I wish I wasn't, um, you know, I, I had this quote unquote standards, not standard. It's just that you get anxiety when you don't reply to a, a client fast enough, let's just say, for yeah, example. Yeah. And so your other standard that you must have now is forgiveness for that. Right. And then you put that as your standard and say, okay, I, I still do these things and I still think these things, but I have to forgive myself so I don't have anxiety. Right. And then it becomes, those are your standards. You added a new one called forgiveness. So I just, that was good therapy for me. Right? There we go. That's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> 125 plus copay. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I think that, um, you know, one of the things too, is that we label ourselves in a certain way based on our standards. Yeah. And so we might say, well, that's the way I am. Mm-hmm. Or that's, that's, I've always been that way. Yeah. And the truth is, is like, you can change that at any time. I used to tell people that people would tell me that. And I go, that's the only thing you have control over. What are you, what are you talking about? I have no control of it. It's just who I am. It's like, that's the only thing you have control of. You can't control how people react. You can't control the weather. You can't control your children. You can't control any of these things. So the only thing you could do is control that thing. So I wish you would not say that to me. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no. And it's so common. I mean, when you hear somebody say, well, that's just the way that I am. Yeah. And I, I catch myself too. Like same thing. Like, well, I'm just high strong and I'm just like, well, I don't have to be. <laughs> right. I just, those are the standards and those are the behaviors that I have created and I have made that I define how I am. It's interesting. It doesn't mean that I can't change. Them. Exactly. And I, I, I think that happened to me when I stopped being shy, I was like, I don't have to be. I always always say I was kind of shy and reserved. I I say this now, but um, in that time period of my life, I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to be shy. Why don't I just start talking to people and looking them in the eye and kind of being almost I have to force myself out of that shell and like become um, super assertive. But I but it was a practice for me. And then. But the literal conversation I had in my head is like, why am I being shy? Why don't I not be right? And then that led, to, of course, to other things happening. But it took a while before, before I really grew out of that. Now I'm completely it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, the irony is like now I'm teaching classes and I get people say you're nervous. I'm like, no, they're here to see me. I know. I'm I've watched you. Like they're here to me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because this kind of feeds into two of, of like us being able to choose our emotion and choose our reactions and choose like yeah. everything is a choice. Right. And we can choose how our behavior is. We can. Cho- and so if we're able to teach that to our kids, man, 
That is powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I like those, um, yeah. If anyone has any feedback or comments on this topic, Alan, what should they do? They should email us, podcast at daduniversity.com, or maybe hit us up on our multimedia channels, social channels, um, at daduniv um, is the Twitter and Instagram handle. And if you can't find us on other channels, uh, please just type Dad University. I'm pretty sure it'll show up in the search. Um, YouTube especially. We've got some great videos up there for you. And um, and if nothing else, subscribe to that YouTube channel. But also, in the podcatcher that you're listening to us, leave a like or a follow. Subscribe to that channel. It really helps perpetuate the show, no matter if you're on Stitcher or iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you see us. Awesome. Well, Alan. As always, thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time. Next time.